0: Well, welcome to week one of our new connection group series, Going Backstage. The whole point of this connection group series is us getting to take the opportunity to learn a little bit more about our Wesleyan heritage, our Wesleyan history, our Wesleyan theology. See, as what we're going to dive into over the course of these next five weeks is understanding that Methodists, like all different kinds of denominations, have a history. We come from somewhere, we have a philosophical understanding about how. How God is interacting with the world, how we're supposed to engage with scripture, how we're supposed to engage with our history, and what that means for us today. And so, over the course of this five weeks, we're going to take an opportunity to learn about what makes us distinct, what makes us St. Andrew, and what makes us Wesleyan in that way. To do that, we're going to look back at John Wesley, the founder of of Methodism, and we're going to see how it is he taught the earliest people who were his followers or people who subscribe to his beliefs and his mentalities. And we're going to see how that has kind of evolved over the course of time. What that means is we're going to spend five different weeks looking at various subjects that are important for us to understand. Now, the cool thing about this particular series is when we bring people together uh, into St. Andrew, we see that so many people are uh, coming together as joint marriages, joint families, people who've grown up in various faith backgrounds. And so we'll get people who are Catholic, who have married people who are Baptists. And they find a great middle ground kind of with us at St. Andrew. You see that with a lot with people who are various denominations. Somebody who is non-denom marries somebody who's Episcopalian or Pentecostal or something like that. And what they find is they can find a center ground, a bit of a compromise, a bit of a Theological understanding and a tradition that seems to offer something for everyone here at St. Andrew. And that is by design because that is living into John Wesley's teachings and living into what we believe is scriptural's teaching, the scriptural teachings for us today. So over the course of the five weeks, we're going to be looking at five different subjects. And uh, those five subjects are scripture, there are history, there are theology, which is actually going to be broken up into two different weeks, and then our worship. And so for our first week, we're going to be looking at scripture. And the reason for this is we believe that scripture is the fundamental starting point in any sort of conversation around theology, any sort of conversation around belief structures, any sort of conversation about philosophical and theological constructs that inform what we do today. Everything has to start with scripture. We believe that because John Wesley believed that before us. So as we dive into scripture, what we're gonna be looking at today is we're gonna be looking at a couple of key principles that you're gonna dive into with your groups. Uh, The first is the idea that scripture contains all things necessary for salvation. That is a very specific phrase. Scripture contains all things necessary for salvation. And what that means is as we go to scripture, we have to understand what it is we are looking for. And so as you're diving into this with your groups, the idea has to be going to scripture with the right mentality around what scripture is providing you. So when we look at scripture in, uh, if we look at scripture as sort of this answer to where am I supposed to go to college if we're 18 years old and we have various acceptance letters? That's not gonna necessarily help us because scripture doesn't necessarily answer the the question of you ought to go to Ohio State over Michigan or Penn State over Virginia Tech. That's not necessarily how that works. Now, I would argue maybe it does tell you to go to Texas A&M over the University of Texas, much to my wife's chagrin, but that's because in Psalms, it talks about cutting off the horns of the wicked and that's really neither here nor there. What you need to know is that scripture is trying to provide us something very specific. It's trying to provide us specific answers. And the reason we believe in that is because it provides us a path towards understanding salvation, understanding the way in which God has been at work in the world, and understanding the ways in which God has been at work in humanity, bringing humanity closer to salvation every step of the way. And so we're gonna talk about those kind of things. The other things that we're gonna be looking at today is we're gonna be looking at um, two kind of key principles. The idea first is that the Bible is true. And I mean that word very specifically. Bible is truth. Bible is true. And I say that over saying something like the Bible is factual. Now, don't get me wrong. There are facts in the Bible that are correct and are true. However, if we are going to the Bible to be a book of facts, we're going to the Bible as if it is a scientific textbook or a history textbook. And the Bible was never written to be that. The Bible was meant to be a true telling of God's interaction with the world and God's salvation of humanity. And the Bible is true in that way. And so that provides us an opportunity to look at scripture through a lens that allows us to see that when there are difficult things in scripture, we can hold on to the the idea that it is in fact true, even if factually we're struggling with it. And there are a lot of different places that we can see this at play. I talk about it in some of the videos. Um, You know, one of the things that I've always, uh, always references in Ecclesiastes, it says, just as we don't understand how the wind blows and we don't understand how a... A baby is formed in a woman's womb. We don't always understand what God is doing in the world. That's a bit of a paraphrase. The reality is now we have great meteorologists and we have great doctors who understand how the wind blows and they understand how a baby is formed in the woman's womb. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we understand everything that God is doing. But it is saying that we don't know all the things that God is doing, but we do have faith in the work that God is doing. And so in that way, that it is true even though factually speaking, when it says we don't know how wind blows, we do know how wind blows. So uh, in that way, we're gonna dive into the idea of the difference between truth and fact in, in, in terms of the context of scripture. So that'd be a fun conversation. The other is the Wesleyan quadrilateral that we talked, we talked about the Wesleyan quadrilateral a couple of times. Uh, what you need to know about this is the Wesleyan quadrilateral is a teaching of John Wesley. He didn't specifically teach it, but he taught the core idea of it, which is that when we engage with our, uh, our scriptural understanding, or I'm sorry, when we engage with theological understanding, we need to do it with four components. They are scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. Now, you start with scripture. I didn't use this example in the the video. I uh, think it is a wonderful example. I would love for you to bring it up with your groups to describe the Wesleyan quadrilateral really as a wind chime. And the reason why it's a wind chime is because you always start with scripture. Scripture is the thing that the other three components literally hang upon. So tradition only makes sense in the context of scripture, and reason only makes sense in the context of scripture, and experience only makes sense in the context of scripture. It all starts with scripture. Because through Scripture, we're able to see what are the traditions of the church? What are the traditions that we have as families? And how has that informed our faith? And what experiences do we personally have? And what are the experiences that other people personally have? And how does that make sense in the context of Scripture? And then what is the logic, the reason, the mental aptitude that God has given us to engage with the mysteries of the world and how does that make sense in the context of scripture. And so that's going to be an important thing for you to recognize as well. The last thing I'm going to leave you with is the scriptures that we're going to dive into this week. Each week, you're going to get two scriptures, one at the top, one at the bottom of our connection group guides. I hope you get the opportunity to engage with them both. The first comes from the book of Second uh, Timothy in the third chapter, where it talks about what are the things that you've learned? What are the, um, what are the scriptures? What do they mean for you? How have they equipped you for good work. And so that is 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. Again, 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. The other scripture is uh, Matthew 13, 10 through 17. Matthew 13, 10 through 17. Uh, What that is, is that is a time where Jesus is teaching his disciples about parables. We talk about the fact that Jesus uses parables oftentimes to teach others. And why does Jesus choose to do that? Why does Jesus use parables? Why does he use these short stories instead of giving point blank black and white answers when people ask questions. And so I want you to dive into why do you think that is, see how Jesus explains his use of parables, and then how we can engage with those parables today, especially through something like the Wesleyan quadrilateral and understanding that scripture is true. I hope you have a fantastic uh, first week, and I hope you guys come back next week fully invigorated to talk about our history.